celebrate him, celebrate him, celebrate him. Celebrate him, celebrate him, celebrate him. Celebrate him, he celebrate him. Celebrate him, celebrate him. Celebrate him, celebrate him. Celebrate him. God, we give you glory this morning. We magnify your name, God. We give you glory because you deserve it. You are the only God, Lord. You're the only wise God. And for that, we thank you. For that, we praise you. For that, we give you glory, God. Oh, hallelujah, God. We thank you for the freedom to worship you this morning, God. We thank you for the little children that they can come and say your praise. We thank you for the worship team God, that exalts you, God, and puts you in the highest place. We thank you for the liturgical dance, God. We thank you for the experience this morning, God, that we can come together on a Resurrection Sunday morning and give you praise that only you deserve. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome God. We bless your name, God. We give you praise. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Come on, give yourselves a hand this morning. Yeah, it's just good to be here. Amen. It's just good to be here. Amen. 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 I'm having, I'm having a Pastor Katani moment myself where it's just heartwarming and it's hard to hold back the tears just to see people in this place. Amen. For a whole year um, when you've been preaching to cameras and preaching to empty seats and preaching from home, I just want you all to know you are missed. Amen. You, you're missed. We miss you all tremendously. And I want to thank you all for taking the time to register and to come out. And we're doing our best to keep everyone safe. God has been gracious to Restoration Christian Fellowship during this storm. He has shown us favor in the midst of all of that. And we thank you all for just weathering the storm with us and persevering with us. Amen. I miss you all. I love you all. Come on, y'all go like that. That's a hug from Pastor. Go like that. Everybody go like that. Yeah. Amen. That's a beautiful hug. I just miss you all. Amen. Before I go into the Word, our production team have a um, creative arts team, a little video. They've been tracking with the series, and they um, put a little summation together that they want to share with you. So pay attention to the screen, then I'll come back and we will go into the message this morning. Yeah. We have inherited a world that began with teeth sunk into fruit, the garden of a violated covenant. We have not heeded your loving commands because we have not trusted them, seduced by our senses. We have delighted in the taste of forbidden fruit more than the sanctuary of your spirit. We have run from the provision of your table, believing it would be better to be our own God. We have heard your voice and willingly covered our ears, listening instead to the deceiver's refrain. Did God really say? God of severe mercy, wrestle our rebellious hearts in will. Do not leave us in our sins, but guide our wayward souls back to you. 
in our defiance, you wait for us. In our distress, you come after us. We free our perception of words, O oh God. So that we welcome your pleasant boundary lines of love. Restore us to the Edenic joy of obedience, so that we walk unshamed and in friendship with you. May we look to the example of Jesus, whose obedience to the cross purchased our life. May love melt our rebellious hearts, and costly grace bring us home. May we look to the cross and live. Amen. 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 Listen, Nate, 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 wave your hand. Um, we're, we're, come, come, step out a little bit, step out a little bit. Get away from behind. Nate, move from behind the camera. Come here. Yeah. Come on up. Come on. Uh, yeah. This brother, and where's Eddie? Oh, you guys can't see Eddie. He's behind all the glass. These two guys did all that work. Yeah. They did. They did. Come on, y'all. They did all that work. Yeah. These two guys. Yeah. They did. Those are real life people here. Those are real life scenes they created. Those are real life animation they did. That y'all probably seen that cross. Look familiar on that screen. Those guys did that work. Come on, show them. Yeah. Show them. Yeah. Come on, y'all. Show them some love. There's some gifted. Thank you. Now you go back behind the camera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have. We have some gifted. We have some gifted some gifted young adults and some young people that they do some awesome that's like movie quality stuff isn't it yeah they do they do some good job just a really really awesome job so i think i thank god for that hey excuse my manners happy easter happy resurrection has happy resurrection just glad to see you all and thank you for being a part um, of what god is doing grab your bibles let's just jump into the word today we are going to culminate the series meet me at the cross and today being Resurrection Sunday is the second of two in-person meetings. The first we had being Good Friday service where we came together and celebrated the Lord, um, the death of our Lord, and today we look at the resurrection. So if you have your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm going to encourage you to keep it there, and then we're going to talk through it that the Holy Spirit would move and have his way um, this morning that we could hear from the Lord. Let's look to God for a word of prayer. And then we're going to move into the message. Father, you're wonderful. You're gracious. You're kind. You're merciful. You're all that, Lord. So as we go to the Word to preach this morning, Felix dies. Felix moves himself out of the way. Your people have come together for no other reason but to worship and to celebrate you. So as we reflect on the empty cross this morning, as we reflect on the fact that the grave couldn't keep you in, as we reflect on the fact that you don't have to revisit the cross. I pray for preaching power, that everything that has been deposited would be brought out, and that these your people would be encouraged as we've carved out some time this morning to worship and to celebrate you, God. So speak through me. I kill flesh, and I invite you to take residence and precedence on the throne of my life. Let something be said 
that would draw someone to a relationship with you that they would say, I want to know God like that. So we give our hearts and our time to you. It is in Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Amen and amen. Amen. We've been dealing with this series, Meet Me on the Cross, the first being uh, the need for the cross, the second one being the journey to the cross, the third being the Christ of the cross, and the fourth being the death on the cross. And today we want to celebrate the resurrection by revisiting, by visiting the subject of the fact that the cross is empty. Come on, y'all say amen. That's good news, the fact that the cross is empty. It was the hymnist George Bernard in 1912 who penned the words to the song, The Old Rugged Cross. And if you've been saved any length of time, the young folk won't know this, but those of us that are past a certain age, we can identify with the song. The verse kind of goes like this, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. It said, it was the emblem of what suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. Then the refrain goes something like this. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. The author says, I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it one day for what? A crown. Amen. You all know this. Amen. But John, you can bring this down a little bit in the house. Yeah, amen. That, 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 that song, The Old Rugged Cross, speaks to this empty piece of uh, material or wood that we have in front of you because the empty cross now becomes a critical symbol for the entirety of Christianity. We don't walk around with a cross with Christ on it because he is no longer on the cross. Come on, say Amen. If you were to go to Golgotha, sometimes known as the place of the skull, or better yet known as Calvary, um, in hopes of finding Jesus on the cross, you would encounter an empty cross. You would not find him hanging on there as he has already been taken down from the cross. He has been placed in a borrowed tomb, and those of us that know the story, three days later he emerged victorious from that tomb, meaning that he has, been, he has risen from the dead no longer to have to face death anymore. Come on, that, that's an amen. And, and the good news that you're going to see in the text today is now he is risen and he has seated at the right hand of God the Father. If you were to look for Jesus on the cross, you would not find him there as he is now making intercession for the saints at the throne of God. The predominant reason you would not find Jesus on the cross is that there is no reason for him to have to die all over again. Come on, y'all. That's exciting news. That's good news. The death he died, he died once. Remember with me, when he died, he died once to death, never having to go through death all over again. And there's some good news and good implications and some serious ramifications for you and I as it relates to our walk with God that because of what Jesus did, we now can live. What I like about the truth and what I'm sharing with you is that the cross remains empty because Jesus is indeed, I'm going to say it present tense, is indeed risen from the dead. The cross 
remains empty because Jesus' death on the cross, it paid the price for my sin and it paid the price for your sins. Come on, say amen. The cross remains empty if you listen to the series that we've been teaching is because it's empty because that now means that you and I have regained favor with God. We are in a place of good standing with God. The cross remains empty because Jesus' death, not only did it pay the price for sin, but it also fulfilled the requirements of the Old Testament law. I don't have to offer sacrifices anymore. Come on, somebody say amen. I, I can keep my, 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 my farm now. I don't have to kill the animals as a recompense for sin. The cross remains empty because as an added benefit of Jesus' death, I am continually cleansed from sins. And I want you to hear me say that in the perfect tense, is that your sins have been taken care of. Our sins have been taken care of. The cross remains empty because Jesus' death on the cross gives us all power over sin. And listen to this, guys. I want you to hear me say this as we set where we're going to go this morning. Sin is not obligatory for you and I. It's a choice. Ah, come on. Are you hearing me say that, right? The enemy will fool us into thinking we have to do it. But that's the whole premise of the empty cross. Whenever we look at that empty cross, we ought to say, I don't have to do that. Come on, I need somebody to say that with me. Just look at the cross and say, I don't have to do that. Yeah, come on, say it with an attitude. I don't have to do that. Yeah, the cross remains empty. Here's, here's the shout, because we have already won the victory. Oh, come on, that's good news, that we've already won the victory and the cross remains empty. It was Jesus, it was Jesus in Matthew 16 and 24 when he was speaking to his disciples. Here's what he said to them, right? If any man or any woman or any person will come after me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow him. I believe, I believe once again for those of us that have been church, particularly if you're from the Baptist background, uh, I believe it's that verse that, 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 that inspired this song. Here's how it went. Must Jesus bear the cross alone? Y'all know that? And all the world, know what? Go free. It says, no, there's a cross for what? Everyone. And there is a cross for me. Now, this is the connection I want to begin the process of making. What the song and what the verse is really insinuating or implying or what it's really saying overtly is that Jesus had a cross to bear. That also means that you and I also have a cross to bear. Are you hearing me this morning? And if we're going to be followers of Christ, if we are going to be disciples of Christ, if we are going to be people of Christ, just like Jesus had a cross to bear, we too have a cross to bear. Now, the good news I want you to hear me say and the encouragement I want you to take away from the message is at least one of them, Jesus already died on the cross for our sins. So here's what that means. You don't have to die on the cross that you're carrying. Jesus already did that for you. <laughs> Come on, y'all. So don't, don't let nobody cause you to die on the cross that you've got to bear. That's going to make sense in a little while, right? Jesus already paid it all. As we encounter this empty cross this morning, based on this passage that we're going to look at, there's three truths that I want to extract from the passage. Hopefully that will encourage us, 
uh, to celebrate um, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I want to go to a quite interesting passage of Scripture. It's in Hebrews chapter 12 and just two simple verses. And I trust that you would keep your Bibles open and look at them with me. You, you know these verses quite well. It is an unexpected passage to use for a resurrection Sunday morning. But I believe there's some truths there that we can extract from to receive what God has in store for us. Here's how it reads in verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, it says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance or patience the race that is set before us. And here's where I want to connect it. Verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter, some of your translations may say, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, here it is, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and God has seated him at the right hand of the throne of God, and he is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Three things I want you to take away briefly this morning. The first one I want you to get from the passage is this. The cross remains empty. Number one, the cross remained empty because Christ founded and perfected our faith. I want you to hear me say that. The cross, number one, remains empty because Jesus Christ, he founded, and not only did he found, but he perfected or he completed our faith. Now, this passage that's in front of us, Hebrews chapter 12, it is a continuation of Hebrews chapter 11. And for those of us that are familiar with the Bible, if you're familiar with Hebrews chapter 11, here is what we say about Hebrews chapter 11. The occupants that are in Hebrews 11 are considered occupants of the hall of faith. Come on. These are individuals that have been used as model Christians, as model believers, model followers of God to teach us what faith really is. And if you were to look at chapter 11, it begins by saying faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? And then it goes on to say, by this, the people receive commendation or they receive a good report. And then it begins as if you were to go into the football hall of fame and there's a list of names all over the wall and you can see who accomplished what and who scored how many touchdowns and who had how many yards in passing and who had all this stuff. Here's how the hall of fame would end and these recipients won, and how many people won, won the Super Bowl. But, but, but in Hebrews 11, it gives you the list of people, just like you were in a Hall of Fame, and it's telling you who did what and what they accomplished and why they made the Hall of Faith. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Noah. By faith, David. Come on, y'all know the story. It's talking about all of them and how they exemplified faith in God, which caused them to make the annals of his now, what's striking about this list of individuals in Hebrews chapter 11 is the sad commentary in verses 13 and verse 39. If you were to look down at verse 13, here's what verse 13 would say. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. That's interesting. In other words, let me help you connect what I'm saying. 
They made the Football Hall of Fame, but they never won a Super Bowl. <laughs> it's just striking. Okay, then when you go to verse 39, the list continues subsequent to that, right? Then verse 39 says, and all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Striking, striking, striking. So you mean to tell me that these individuals made the hall of faith, yet and still, they, they, they believe God for is what the Bible says, but they never received at the end of their lifespan what they were hoping for. I find that striking, right? Now that does not disqualify them because when you come to chapter 12, chapter 12 now opens up and it's saying, okay, okay, check this out, y'all. See how you have all these names on all the walls in the hall of faith and you've got Abraham and you've got Jacob and you've got Sarah and you've got Noah and you've got, you've got the all in there, and, and here's what he says, and Jesus' name is nowhere on the hall. So let me tell you about who really is a person of faith. And then he says here, he says here in, 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 in verse 1, let me read again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin. I'm going to talk about that in a little while. Run with patience the race that is set before us. And then that's what it says. Looking unto who? Oh, y'all know it. Looking unto who? Why? Because he is the what? The author and the finisher of faith. Now, now this, is, this is very, very important because here's what I said to you. The first thing I want us to take, uh, take away from the text is Christ is our founder and he is the perfecter of our faith. So what I love about the text, it says, don't put your eyes on Noah. Don't put your eyes on Abraham. Come on. Don't put your eyes on Jacob, though they're in the hall of fame. That may fool you into thinking that they are somebody. But let me go here. Now one of them, I heard this on Friday night, not one of them went to the cross. Not one. They made the hall of faith because they were waiting on the Messiah. I wish I had somebody in here. And they remained faithful even though they had never seen him. Chapter 2 opens up, so, so here's what I want you to do. Look, look to Jesus. And, and here's what. He wasn't the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. No, no, no. He actually came down. He actually walked the process. He actually went through what he had to go through. He, matter of fact, he was waiting on himself and he came himself and he placed himself on the cross. So his faith was made complete by virtue of who he was and what he did. He didn't die waiting on nothing. He was the thing everybody was waiting on. The perfecter the author, and he completed the faith. Let me get ahead of myself in that the grave couldn't keep him in. I wish I had. I wish I had somebody in here. So here's what it says. The word perfecter, it means what? The originator, 
the source, the sustenance, the beginning. He is the genesis. He is the founder of faith. He is the model of faith. Come on. He, he, he conquered death. He emerged from the grave. I hope you get this. He is the model. So if you want to put your eyes on anything, don't talk about what Samson did. Don't talk about what David did. Don't talk about what Noah did. Come on, talk to me. Don't talk about what Joshua did. They were all human like you and like me and in their human abilities they were incapable of fulfilling their own faith put your eyes on Jesus come on turn to your neighbor and say neighbor don't touch him don't touch him just look at him amen just look at him I gotta catch my own self now amen yeah just look at him amen bump fist from a distance do something amen and tell him keep your eyes on Jesus he is the author and he's the finisher of the faith and, and what I love about him being the author of the faith is, is, is that he was there in the beginning. Come on, are you with me? He was there with Abraham. He was there with Adam. He was there, come on, with, with Eve. He was there with all of them throughout their entire journey. The only reason they're able to make that hall of faith is because Jesus was with them. You get it? So number one, I want you to hear me say, and I want you to take this away. He, he, he's the author and the perfecter, or the founder and the perfecter of our faith. This is good news. This is good news. So keep your eyes, keep your eyes, number one, on Jesus, because he's the author and he's the perfecter of the faith. The second thing I want to share with you is found in verse 2, the, the B part of verse 2. Look at what the B part said. It says here, let me, I'm going to keep reading the whole verse. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Look at the second phase. Who? For the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame. Now, I had to spend a little bit of time on that one before I could put some leg to it. It says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and scorned the shame. So here's the second reason. The cross remains empty, number two because of the joy awaiting Jesus, since he endured it and he despised it, same. I couldn't think of a better way to illustrate this to you and to explain this point other than this. Since COVID hit, I have changed my lifestyle a little bit. So every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday morning, I get up about 5.30 in the morning and my buddy Troy and I, we go in the gym, and we lift weights. And um, 5.30 is not pretty. Come on, y'all. Ain't nothing nice about it. Troy doesn't live where I live, so he got to get up at 4.30 to get to my house. Nothing pretty. And so then you go there and you get on this bench and you put this unnecessary weight <laughs> on the bench. You make these ugly faces, these crazy noises. And Pascatani's up saying, y'all got to make that much noise. And we're going through this punishing, grueling stuff, right? And, and I despise weightlifting, but I endure it. Because every now and then when I look in the mirror, I see a little bump. So, so it gives me joy. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Amen. Amen. And so when I walk around the bathroom, 
And Pastor Katani's in the bathroom. I make sure I suck the stomach in. And, you know. and then, then she says, you think you something. And I says, that gives me joy. So for the joy, I endure the pain. Oh, y'all, y'all not getting this. Y'all not getting this. I despise it. I despise it, but I endure it for the joy. <laughs> Come on, y'all talk to me. Talk to me. Amen. The other day I walked in the office and Pastor Topaz said, Pastor, you got to buy bigger clothes. You're like, you got a little bump going on there. I'm like, oh, for the joy, for the joy, for the joy. Yeah, <laughs> for the joy. Y'all don't pay me no mind. Let me have my joy, all right? Yeah. <laughs> For the joy, I endure the pain. Come on, are you with me? Sometimes the reward on the other side will cause you to go through. I wish I had somebody in here because you know what's on the other side. Listen, listen. Young folk, y'all can identify with this. Most of you in here don't really enjoy going to college. Come on, y'all. You don't like having to do math and having to do the papers and having to do the work. But then your mama says to you, but baby, you're going to get a good job, so hang in there. And what they're trying to communicate to you, the joy that's on the other side. Come on, talk to me. The joy that's on the other side is worth going through what you've got to go through. Now, now let me say this. Nobody in their right mind would be willing to die on a cross. Talk to me this morning. Nobody in their right mind would be, be willing to be crucified I heard Friday night one preacher said that it's the lowest form of death. It's, it's the most demeaning, the most despicable. Matter of fact, death on a cross was so low that no Roman citizen was legally allowed to be crucified on a cross in spite of the sin that they committed. The cross was reserved for slaves and for low lives and for despicable people because I heard another preacher said, when you get to the cross, they beat you with a cat of nine, a, 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 a cat of nine tails and, and they rip the skins from your body. You get beaten to the point of recognition where folk won't even recognize you. Yet and still, our Lord and Savior endured the death on, I wish I had somebody in here. He despised the shame of everything Thing he would go through on that cross because of the joy that was on the other side. Somebody may be saying, what's the joy, preacher? It says, greater love had no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. God loved you so much. God loved me so much. God loved us so much that he endured the cross for the joy. Ah! I wish I had somebody. I love you, but. Come on, y'all. You can explain all the joys you want. Some of us will not give our life down for the next, regardless of the amount of joy. But my Savior, my Lord, come on, y'all. Our God for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And look at this now, he's doing what? He is seated at the right hand of God is in, in heaven. Now this leads me to the third thing, and I'm almost done. The cross number three, the cross number three, I want you to get this. The cross remains empty number three, right? Because Christ received the reward <laughs> that God had in store for him. Listen to what it says here. He is seated now, the last part, and he is seated I'm in verse 2, at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Now, let me help you out with this. That phrase is written on the back end, right, of verse 2, and it has three implications. Number one, the author chose that verse. He has sat down and put it at the end of all of that, meaning that, that God saved the best for last. First of all, the grammar does implied or nuanced in that verb set down, right? It's in the perfect tense, and it communicates a sense of permanence, a sense of, of, of permanent enthronement that's not to be changed. Let me help you with what the perfect tense means. Completed action with ongoing results. Here's what that means. No sin you commit can cause him to come off that throne and go back on the cross. Y'all, y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't get that. Let me, let me shout by myself. No sin we commit can cause him to come off the throne and go back on the cross. Let me go here again. No demon in hell can cause him to come off that throne and go back on the cross. You see the perfect tense? He sat down, completed action with ongoing results. You kind of get it? It's finished work. It's finished work. Come on, say it's finished work. Come on, say it again. Say it's finished work. He defied death. He defied the grave, okay? Here, here's the third thing. Here's what the author says in Psalms 110. Then I want to share this last year and be done. When the psalmist wrote, he says in 110.1, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand. For how long? Until I make your enemies, he says, your footstool. The entire point of what Jesus did when he died on that cross, he defeated the enemy once and for all. He defeated death. He defied death. He won. And he emerged victorious. I want to share this illustration with you. Can you guys put that graphic on the screen? I got a graphic. I want you all to see this graphic. I want you to pay attention to, maybe you've heard of this, maybe you have not. But this, this is a striking illustration that kind of helps drive my point home. What's on the screen is a replica of a piece of painting by an artist by the name of Moritz Ries, and it's called Checkmate, okay? Come on, y'all say Checkmate. And the painting now, it's a depiction of Goethe's rendition of a famed German story called Faust and Mephistopheles, right? So what's famous about the story is that Faust, the guy with the red shirt, sold his soul to the devil in a game of life in hope that he would have eternal happiness. That's the entire premise of the story, and it's a famed story that's, that's, in, that's just been spoken throughout early life in Germany. So this artist, this artist, um, Retz, he captured Goethe's story in a painting, and in the painting, he called it checkmate, and, and he tells the story, and he shows a picture of, of, of a chess game being played, and in the game, the artist painted it such that the devil, who was depicted by the guy in the green, Mephistopheles, with the thing coming out of his hat, and the angel looking down at Faust, saying how sad that you would sell your soul to the devil, hoping to get happiness. Well, this piece of art, it hangs in famous art galleries all over the world, and what would happen is from time to time, artists, people who love art, would go and they would take a tour, and they would view this picture, and they would look at the art gallery, 
And the tour guide would relive the story. He would tell them, here is what the story is all about. Fast sold his soul to the devil. Mephistopheles and the game of checkmate, he lost his soul. And people would stand. They would look at the piece. They would look at the artwork. They would say, man, this is great artwork. And then they would move on. Well, one day, they had a group of people that was going through this art gallery, and they were looking at the pieces. And as they looked to the piece, the tour guide, as was his custom, said, here's what's happening. Then he would move on. Well, one guy happened to be a chess master. And he stood behind, and he looked at that picture, and he studied the picture, and he observed the picture, and he noticed that the artist had made a mistake in how he laid the pieces out on the board. And in his observation, he noticed that there was an escape route for the king, and the game wasn't quite over yet. So in the art gallery, here's what he yelled out. He's alive! He's alive! The king has one more move! And everybody looked back at him and said, what? You see, because in the eyes of the lay people, it looked as if the game was over. But in the eyes of a chess master, he could look and he could see that the king had one more move. So he yelled, it's alive! He's alive! The king has one more move! Well, I stopped by this Sunday morning to tell you that they nailed him on a cross and the devil thought that he's already won. But early Sunday morning, he's alive! He's alive! The king has one more move! And because he lives, because he lives, I can live. Because he's alive, I can be alive. So here's what I want to say, and I'm done. Here's what I want to say. Because of the empty cross, you can make it. Come on, y'all. Because of the empty cross, I can make it. Come on, worship team. Come on. So here's my charge. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, don't forget this brother right here. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily beset us and cling run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look into Jesus, right? This Easter Sunday morning, because the cross is empty, you don't have to do it. He's alive. Come on, y'all. He's alive. Come on, stand to your feet. He's alive. He's alive. Come on, celebrate this morning. He's alive. He's alive. The king has many more moves. So let me pray this morning. If you're here and you haven't said yes to the Lord on this resurrection Sunday morning as we re-engage, you don't have to live, leave here the same way you came. We're not going to ask you to come down the altar, wherever you're watching, be it Facebook, YouTube, wherever you find yourself on the network. All you've got to say is, Lord, I thank you for dying in my place. I thank you for being God in my life. I thank you for what you did. I thank you for who you are. Lord, come into my life and save me. And he will do just that. He will do just that. So bow your head with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for this experience, God. We thank you for this Easter Sunday morning, God. <sighs> that the grave couldn't keep you in. And that we have the victory, God. 
So God, should there be one that wants to say yes to you, all I have to say is, Lord, come into my life and save me. And you will do just that. So Holy Spirit, enter their life. Save God. Maybe there's one that's saying, I want to rededicate my life to you. God, let them know that they can do that. Maybe there's one that's saying, God, I just thank you that I can come back into my place of worship and worship you, God. And what a beautiful time we had today, God. Holy Spirit, you do it, Lord. You do it. So, God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for how you're moving, for how you're working. We thank you for this experience. You deserve it all, God, as we give this to you in your name. Amen. Amen. Listen, I want to thank you. I want you all to sing that song. Come on up, y'all, because we're going to end with this. Listen, every week we're going to be posting the link. You can always go to our website and register to come. Unfortunately, we have to keep that model for a while as we follow CDC guidelines. So please tell people we're open. God is doing some great things to come out and worship on weekly basis with us. We see God is doing some great things. Amen. Thank you all so much for worshiping with us this morning. Thank you so much for being a part of what God is doing. On your way out, the ushers will be there. You can put your offering in the, the boxes or in the plates, however the ushers have them situated. Ushers, thank you so much for what you're doing, um, our security team, everyone who makes this service possible. We thank you for that. Amen. Those that are watching online, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing. Let's spread the word. God is doing something. Amen. Amen. We're going to consider ourselves officially dismissed because they have to do their production thing for the next service. That's going to start at 11. But I want you all to sing this like you know it with the worship team. Amen. Let's lift our hearts that God would have his way. Come on. You thought I was coming. Say yeah.